Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Beam Voice podcast. Today's guest is Lars Christian Fredlund, uh, the CEO and co-founder of CoBuilder. Welcome, Lars Christian. Thank you. Pleasure. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, please introduce yourself a little bit. Hi, my name is uh, Lars uh, Fredlund. I'm uh, the CEO and uh, co-founder of uh, CoBuilder, as you mentioned. Uh, I have been working my whole life in the industry. I started off as a carpenter, and then I took my bachelor degree within engineering construction. Then I worked within. Uh, I worked as a marketing manager for a Norwegian company called Glava Insulation. Uh, so I had uh, quite. Uh, I have the manufacturer's glasses on uh, also. Uh, also have a background as a carpenter, which is very useful. And then since 1997, we started Cobiller, and that's where the journey on, on this, where we can say before BIM, there was also something. So I've been before, and uh, I'm going to enjoy going beyond BIM. So this company was founded in 77 or in 97? 97, 99. Okay, so 23 years ago. Yeah. It was not too much talk about BIM. No, right no. There. so just Kobli, we are uh, European, so based out of Oslo and uh, a European company working mostly in Europe, but now we have clients outside of Europe also. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, we are focused on, on the, let's say, the I in the BIM. Okay, can you briefly say what exactly the CoBuilder uh, software is doing? So... Cobra, uh, we have focused on uh, some. Uh, I say this too often, but uh, we have you seen the, the movie Matrix? Yeah, of course. Have you seen when he is asked to take a red pill and blue pill? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we have we, I, I've taken the red pill and I've seen the industry, like like that Matrix movie, and that brings in a world where manufacturers, clients, like all building owners, uh, anyone working on construction sites, all the different parties, we have merchants, uh, we have, uh, I mean, all the stakeholders. And if you see that world with those glasses, it's a different world than BIM. And this brings in the complexity when talking to architects and uh, specifiers like engineers, everyone has their glasses on and they see their world very often via tools, like tools they have in front of them. But as an industry, there are greater goals to be achieved than making money and uh, doing projects. So our focus has to be on, uh, had to be on how the uh, to look at the existing legal framework in Europe and global uh, and and see really how the legislations are built like construction product regulations low volt directive we have reach and how these points at standards and how that stand those standards actually have uh, a language that we speak every day so this is how we why we talk about fire uh, energy sustainability whatever it's within that framework. And that's where I think that working every day, taking that pill, suddenly it becomes more complex than just not taking the pill and being happy. So 
we, I see the industry being happy because everything is fine. And why worry? So uh, that's, why, that's my take on BIM. And really what we're trying to introduce here is something called, uh, so we have, we, probably we've been leading two very important standards. One is, um, it's, it's very technical, but it's important. And it's kind of how to develop a common language. How can the machines talk a common language? And this is where I have to point at all the architects, all the engineers that are basically too much focused on the um, not taking the build, using the software, using what they have in front of them. And, and this is kind of where I come in and try to say, what do we have to do differently? So this is a little bit technically, but that means that we should separate the information, the information requirements, the, the information that we use within Revit or Archicad or whatever software, it should come from somewhere else, from a source that has trusted data templates that you can trust. You can go to court and you can purchase and you can say what kind of uh, asset information do I need? Or you can say, uh, what is the carbon footprint? What is what? And all this information is kept outside of the model. But today in our, in, when, when I talk to large actors, they, everyone is having their kind of standards like IFC driving them. And this will we will never be able to close a gap on common language when we don't take in construction product regulations, low volt directives that has standards that defines fire, whatever it is. And these standards are not, not global. IFC is a global language. And the history is like, you have Autodesk, you have Trimble, uh, you have um, Nemechek group with software. And those guys are sitting defining an object model on one end. And, but how does that in reality link to the way that the EU commission under regulations states that this is how we describe a window. So it, it has not been connected. So I think on my end, what I would say is that the industry needs to change. And change is actually what I think is the most difficult one is for people to change. So our platform of what Kobler is trying to do is, and is that we have developed a platform and we've read all these standards and we have developed those objects template that can be used across so that you have a common language from early design to end of life. And then every stakeholder has some information they are either responsible of or that they should deliver. So this differs if you're a contractor, if you're an architect, you're responsible of something. And if you're um, some, someone working on sound, you're responsible of something else, but it's still same same kind of language and templates that we are using as an industry. Hotels.com, connectivity, to connect. So that is where I think that uh, our industry, we don't have any platforms yet. I think that the, there is a need of platforms. And this is where I think that where we see that this is where it's going. And secondly, I think we also em should embrace other standards like GS1. I don't know if you've had any... No, I don't know what that is. Please explain to me. 
So GS1 is uh, an organization that wrote a memory on understanding with, uh, with building smart. And GS1 is kind of GS what? But every day you use it. You use it every day, but you don't, you don't know it. And it's, it's more used than Google. So what is this? It's the barcodes. You, when you buy groceries, you hear beep, beep. That's a standard. And that is a standard that allows track and trace, traceability. So it's kind of a product identifier. So as long as an architect or no one else actually is bothering looking at it, how can we make conductivity? How can I do a design which easily can be delivered by manufacturers, like on site, into where, 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 where and when? How can you do it? So I think that the complexity with a pill is there. And so that's where I think that the, the change will come because we have to look at what we're doing with all the glasses. And uh, yeah. What is the challenge there? People are not willing to embark to accept this reality and start working together to get all these standards in place? No, it's, um, it's uh, I think it's a matter of two things. Uh, I think firstly, these, uh, what I mentioned at Kobler, we have been a part of. So we have been leading the work of making the data template standard, it's called ISO uh, 23387, which has a sister standard, which is called ISO uh, 23386. One is developing properties, like what is width, what is height, what is, what is color. And the other one is just modeling it, uh, which could be used for systems or products or whatever. So one, the answer is that it hasn't been in, in the market. It has not been launched, but it has now. It was launched this summer. Yes. So the answer why people haven't used it because it was not available. So now, now it's available. So our role has kind of we've seen the need of someone that should define instead of people sitting in revit putting in an excel schema making their own objects that's just it doesn't doesn't make sense so we should have common properties that are used within revit and archicad and also how the objects are structured so when you when you say it's a pump somewhere in the software in reality the standards, the ISO or, or, or European standards, they are kind of saying that it's eight different object types with, because it's different pumps. And then in the BIM world, it's a pump. And then on top of that, you have uh, things like classification that in Norway, we use a classification called the uh, beginning stage tabellen. And then in the UK, it's uh, Uniclass 2015. In Sweden, it's GoClass. And then you have, uh, I mean, Omniclass for, U for US. And everyone is naming their pump like imaginary pump. But in reality, all manufacturers, they have strict rules on how to actually deliver a pump. And that they are using test methods to deliver whatever, window or a pump or whatever. And this is a technical language that are seen in all the specification text you see today. Like in Norway, you have something called 3420, Norwegian standard. And this is kind of creating, uh, doing what we have been doing, but we're doing it in a machine readable way. So this template can be used with Revit or used with Articard or used with any, any software, 
but then it provides a common language. So uh, the availability that you asked about, is it available? So I'm working with um, in Sweden with something called smart built environment, because I believe that it should be the industry that drives these templates to market. So in Sweden, there's an initiative called Smart Beat Environment. In Denmark, we're working with an actor called Molio. And in Norway, we're working with um, BNL, uh, the Federation in Norway for Contractors. You know them. Um, so in, in reality, it should be the, the market itself that deploys these uh, templates and that the data governance is used, is, is done by the experts that knows Windows. And this has now happened in Norway. Norway is the first country that have done this. So now they have developed templates. So you can use an API, easy, or you can use an Excel, good old Excel, which is not the future, but you can use it to have a common language on the project when we talk about uh, a window in Revit, in Archicad, or in a facility management tool, in a database, a manufacturer's ERP system, manufacturer's PIM system, common language. So this enables then information exchange in another way than IFC alone. Because IFC then you're pushing data via the black box of Revit or whatever. And if you keep the data outside, I think that is, that is the future. And I think this is a very important thing and that you don't set requirements via IFC. You can set it on geometry, of course, but not on information. And, and, and as long as we have an industry pushing it via the geometry, via Revit, via this, via that, but we see that there's a lot of other platforms coming up that are doing similar stuff, like BIMI, for instance, very good tool. But again, we should have a common language. We shouldn't structure information differently. And this is why Kobler, we believed in doing this the ISO way, the, the EN ISO way, making this a Norwegian standard, Swedish standard, Danish standard. So it's a standard on how to develop information and how to structure it. So that is, IFC is very well known. These standards are out for two months. But believe me, this moves quite fast. So this moves in a tempo you wouldn't believe So because I'm in, in, the, in, in the middle of it. So it's very exciting. Uh, and it's also very challenging for a lot of stakeholders because it will kind of, um, it will change the way that we work and it will affect all the stakeholders because we have a common language. So like distribution, how do we send order files to manufacturers? Should we send PDF files, Excel files, or should we just do it automatically? Could I develop a design that I could reuse from project to project to project to project so that I know don't have to start from scratch? So that means that the design how to design, how to create wall types within milliseconds. You can just do that. And then you connect it to all the manufacturers that can deliver plasterboard insulation and so on. But so I think that's a huge change that will happen as I see it, but it won't happen within the design tools. They will do what they do today. But uh, yeah, I think and that enables a lot of things. You said that in Norway it start developing. Are are some what are some products or some companies that are that are doing this? Uh, like, uh, is going to be like CoBuilder has it's a, like a library with all these objects 
that has have the the right properties that can every stakeholder can use on their project yeah that's uh, that's just the, uh, the the core of what what uh, what you said that this is the core uh, this is in reality what what happens so there is a cloud based solution that we have where you can have a dictionary so you have a dictionary on one end where you define widths heights whatever but it's it's no duplicates and then you develop a template based on that dictionary and in that way you have a common language and we work with a lot of very large stakeholders now uh, on 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 this and this is for us it's important for any organization to have a data governance so that they when they're on one project or another project they should use the same way of doing doing things and this is the change that they can take an information container a lego block uh, i don't know construction object you, you can name it like there's many words on this it's called taxonomy it's called uh, i don't know the english word but it's a, there's a lot of words to this but in reality it's how you structure information so that's why we have a standard on how to do it and this has been co-builders view is that instead of just doing something co builderish let's work with industry let's look, work with uh, germany france uk all the countries and let's develop a common way of defining a property introducing guids like machine codes and then publishing that so since we have uh, uh, this online i could sh share a screen just to show you so this is just uh, examples of uh, of work that we've done in norway this is a norwegian it's called a context so it's data templates to be used in norway so here the standard you see here like a curtain wall kit or concrete roofing tile these are made out of uh, harmonized standards which you can see here so these are the harmonized standards within europe where all this uh, information are in these official documents and this is under the law this is how manufacturers are ce marking their products and getting them to market so when i talk about specifics anything here there is rules behind it on how to define let's say a gypsum plasterboard so for the gypsum plasterboard i have i have a lot of proper properties which is relevant for uh, gypsum plasterboard so depending on what kind of information i want i can filter uh, the the properties that i want to look at and this is an example of information of properties from the standards and this is these are the this is the the core uh, of the of the issue is that the when you're taking this pill you understand that when we talk about width height pressure whatever it is existing language this language is embedded in standard test methods that uh, it's called notified bodies around Europe. There are people actually testing products. So when when architects are sitting down talking about uh, characteristics for a wall, there are existing methods on how to measure and test things. But this is not used within, let's say, BIM. It's not it's not there. So that's where the, these information containers or construction objects consists of the same language. So if I say that I would like to, to take this from, from a European uh, level to, 
to a, a, a national level, then you use a dictionary. And, and, and the whole point of that is, is changing the language only. So the dictionary provides you with the capability to translate. So if, if you, sorry, I'll go to the front, front page. If you want to have this in Norwegian, you have it in Norwegian, but it's still the same unique machine codes to define what we're talking about. And in that way, you can translate to any language that you want. And, and, and that may, this template is then easy for an, a designer to set requirements or a manufacturer to actually put in values, this is a product. So it's the same template. And then we have moved away from client to architect to designer to contractor to subcontractor to merchant to manufacturers to this whole communication string, uh, string is then kind of given and in the UK they talk about this as kind of the golden thread uh, and and this is what we need we need this common language so so our platform is is providing let's say contexts if you want to look at uh, at uh, designing a building, what do you need? What what is your context? So, if you're building railways, it's different from someone else building houses, but you still need to use the same pipes in building and railways. It's still the same standards. It's still the same products, but it's a matter of how we kind of uh, connect the two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. The scope is different, uh, but um, let's let's get it a little bit more practical. Uh, so, uh, how do you exactly use CoBuilder? Let's say with Revit. Uh, let's say that uh, can you connect, for example, uh, CoBuilder to Revit uh, to read uh, to assign, for example, some properties from the some objects or some materials from CoBuilder in Revit, or how exactly it's practical? This so yeah, so the practical route is uh, there are many ways of looking at it, but uh, as of today, uh, normally people are using, uh, like say, creating their requirements of the, a set of data, like a purpose, um, design requirements, what is that? And um, first of all, then I just have to say within that, it means that you have to understand what is the purpose. So if you put it into Revit, what is the purpose of that? So I think it's very important to answer the question, why am I putting in any information in the model now and what is the outcome? So, so that has to be answered first. And uh, secondly, after that is uh, done, then that in, in my world, a template could consist of a lot of different information. So if you want to measure uh, like carbon footprint, that's something else than to check that the building regulations are met, that the fire or sound or whatever is, is there. Or if you have a, another piece of software working with Revit, actually needing information to do calculations, then it's a very good thing to have it in Revit. So for us, it could easily be done, of course, moved into Revit. And we're actually developing now, we're starting a, a work on, on that now. So we have a uh, we have a proof of concept on uh, on um, building a city called Neom in uh, Saudi, and then Autodesk is one of the actors. So we're working on that. But the 
point, and uh, we've seen this with work we've done with the NCC in, in the Nordics, is that they have a common template to be used in Revit. Just that starting point is very valuable because then in Finland, Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, when they are building a school, uh, then they know what wall, walls to build. Actually to build, not to design, but to build. And then the work that we have done and what NCC has done is then they have been talking to Sangoba, which is um, a manufacturer, and they, they have asked them, again, from talking about the Revit question, what data do you need from me, their uh, manufacturer, and what solution, what walls should I really build? Every, every time I build schools, what walls should I build? And this is where everyone is sitting in Revit trying to make object libraries in Revit. But NCC has done it in a different way. They've used the data templates to describe the wall, the, the wall types outside. So then the templates are used, of course, within Revit. And it's exported via, they use IFC. But the, so the, the, the template can, can help the organization to structure information the same way every time they do design. And they save a lot of money because suddenly they know what information is important for the manufacturer and for them. And maybe also for the client down the road for facility management. Like in, in the UK, we, were, we are based also in UK, so we know that Kobe is quite a strong use case. in, in the, So that's more like on FM, that's not purchasing or they, they do basically um, more Kobe, I would say, uh, on this. Uh, so yes, it's possible to do in Revit, and uh, um, it brings in um, data governance because if you're a large player, then how if you want another property, and this is important, if you want more information, are you allowed to do that? So that's where it's a big mess when you have Excel because people have their own Excels and, and departments or divisions or whoever, and the importance of one of the, the, the standardization work is actually how, what is a property and how to define a property within an organization. So a property has a name, it has a description, it has an author, it has a version, it has a lot of things. And that's kind of in our platform, we provide uh, the function of um, having a data governance. So if you're a large architect firm, if someone else wants some more information embedded into the design requirements, they go online and they, they reply, they ask, can I have this one? And within that organization, someone says, yes, it's okay. But in that way, across the globe, across your company, if you're an architect, if you're a client, if you're a manufacturer, you have a data governance process that is driving your purposes and the data, and uh, then you can build your information exchanges based on that. I see. Very interesting. So you said that uh, the the co-builder approach, it's a little bit, it's not exactly the same aligned with IFC, right? Uh, how, uh, or, or you say that uh, maybe IFC is limited and you're not the first one to say that. I, I concur you on that. Uh, from this different perspective and different reasons. Uh, but uh, is there, uh, because uh, IFC is the standard that uh, the 
building smart is pushing. Do you find a way to uh, to harmonize this relationship? To yeah, not so, go against it, but to make it work no, together. Absolutely. So I'm I'm working with uh, with the building. We're a building smart international member, co-builder. So we there's a desperate need of IFC. We need IFC. But what I'm saying is that IFC should limit the use to the geometric information exchange, or where you have clear clear use cases where IFC should be used. And this is where I see clearly, and there's even a new standard coming out of the SEN442 work where you actually are having the, the, the model uh, and the data template connected. So IFC is vital for the industry and it's a format that governments will mandate and it's you need it. But what I'm saying is that working within building smart there are a lot of software vendors like Bentley, like Autodesk, like Nemechek that will never say, no, 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 no. We have to keep doing IFC school, IFC this, IFC that, IFC. And, and this is just no. Focus on the geometric part and then use the, 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 these two standards like the data templates because they're so much, much flexible when they are outside of the model and don't start pushing this via this 3D thing. Keep it separate. So that is where I think it's just very important. I'm not saying that it's, it shouldn't be pushed via, it's possible to push it via the, uh, via the model, but I think connecting to other softwares is very important. And to do this uh, via the, uh, let's say the outside world, it's important to understand how how can you, how, how can we do this? I can try to show you one slide uh, as we have time. So um, I sure for sure you have seen this before many times. But now I'm I just like on the information side, we could agree that we need to have a common language for the whole, let's say ISO 19650 process. We should have a common language, and this this is what I'm addressing that IFC does not provide a common language. So this is, the, this is why these standards has been um, developed for, on the information side. I'm not saying geometric important, but for the information side. And this is how we describe a property, how we use a dictionary. So Building Smart has something called Building Smart Data Dictionary, and how we actually use this dictionary to create this common language. So, the standards are talking about separating these three things. And this is where I think that the, the, these standards actually opens up the opportunity to scale and to, to digitize our industry, to get in more uh, automated ordering processes, uh, calculation of environmental footprints, uh, facility management databases connected to, to models, all these things. So. This picture, and this is actually what I wanted to show you, is that if you look at IFC as the geometric kind of kind of the as a holder of information, so you can connect any information, and then for this pump example, you can classify the pump with any kind of classification, of course. But then again, there is specific ways of talking about flow rates, pressure class, sound pressure level, and these 
these are mandatory under law. And the concept of the data templates or kind of the, the way of holding that information in, in ISO 19650, it's very often called information containers. But how, how should you develop the information within the container? So, so how can we have this common language? And this is why the, these two sister standards are coming together so that you can bring kind of that, that common language uh, together. Uh, and, and these standards, 23386 on the left-hand side, that's a process standard on how to develop a property. On the, on the right-hand side, you have the data model. And on the right-hand side, if you say that IFC schema, that's a data model. And this is also an information data model. But those two worlds perfectly coexist. But then always, if you look at this from the, the BIM, well, the way that we're doing BIM today, you will see that the information is kept within the BIM software. And that's a good, let's say that's a very good starting point for an organization to start with standardized data via Revit, but I do not think, and I see that the future will be more like a platform where you connect to an object and that object, that means that municipalities in Norway or in Sweden or in Denmark or in UK, if we have defined what wall types to build, we would know automatically what wall types to suggest to use for a school at once. You don't have to spend time because it's there. It has this fire, this and this, and it's machine language. So that means that we can learn and we can suggest, we can implement more technology on how to actually understand what to build. And you can connect with sensor data. There's a lot of things with opportunities, but I see that the way that Autodesk and Nemechek and all these guys, they're trying to develop kind of their own language, and they should not. They should. Of course, they they should. They should because they must they must earn money, right? Yes, it, uh, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but of course, but at the end of the day, what we want to build is a greener environment, more sustainable environment. We want to protect the earth. We don't want to 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 sell licenses or whatever. No, we you want... and me. Maybe you and me. Yeah, but. <laughs> So that's I'm 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 there where if you think about the environment and if you think about people and really building faster, better, greener, and this is the opportunity with open standards and with with openness. And this is where Cobler, I believe that it's very important to play to do this with the industry stakeholders. Then you have a transparency on information, which means that Autodesk or Nemechek or anyone, I mean SAP for that sake like a big uh, ERPs provider. Why should they be sitting defining information on assets in one way and another one sitting doing something? And we as an industry, we will be forced to pay for having our data there, having our data there, or they own your data and they're selling that data. And this just becomes a big mess. Why? And, and this is where I think that the, the good way of doing it is by creating transparency so that there is an open way, there's an open communication that you can decide whatever technology you want to, 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 to use, but we should have this common language. So I'm, 
heavily involved with the manufacturing side. I'm working with Construction Products Europe. And there are a lot of initiatives in Europe called, you have something called Levels, uh, you have something called VLOG, which is a building logbook. Uh, we have the EU Green Deal, the circularity at the end. But if we are to achieve any of this, and these are initiatives that are driven by governments, but how can we succeed as an industry to collect information on buildings if we don't have this kind of common language? And that's where I think IFC is the best thing that happened because a government can mandate to say, I want IFC. But the big mess is that there are people that has been kind of, they're so focused on the model that is like everything has to go by the model and I think this is a change. This is an opportunity for software providers to develop applications that can solve stuff. So I think that this is um, uh, a change. But uh, and this is where it's good to be. It's good to be co-builder <laughs> because people are interested in this topic. They are interested. Manufacturers are very interested in how can they how can they come closer to an architect digitally. But then if all the different manufacturers are defining their data in different ways, how can they? It's very difficult. So to link these parties together is very important. Yeah, completely. I completely agree. I just want to be sure I really understand the concept around how, how can actually this help not only, uh, uh, let's say, the designers, but uh, everybody like the designers, uh, the uh, builders, the constructors, but the, the owners, uh, the clients as well in, during the facility management. So uh, this information, like uh, I'm thinking like, for, uh, how is going to be, uh, how you make it easy to understand uh, the documentation you have, how it's connected to, to the objects in the model? So you, so let's say, uh, let's just try to see if I understood this correctly. So you have just, let's say like you define a specific type of wall that is decided by the standard. I have this wall in the Revit. And after that, you have that connected with co-builder where you have all the details. Am I right about this or is? First of all, I think we have to distinguish with co-builder and uh, data templates. So first of all, co-builder, we provide, uh, let's say a common language platform. And, and that is not, that is just, Provide, making sure that any software actually has the same language and can follow the standard that is just published. So it's uh, how to define A4 paper. So they, so what we're, so that's one end, like the common language. And then secondly, we have kind of Cobula platform. When we have a platform for manufacturers, we have a platform for contractors and so on. But I don't, don't I, I don't think we should spend too much time on the Cobula stuff. I think we should talk about the industry issues. So the core, our core platform is called Cobalt Define. That's an implementation of these two standards I mentioned. And that is typically used by a manufacturers that wants to kind of understand what is a product and how can I model my product or my system. Uh, and we, we need a dictionary, a common dictionary within my country because my, I'm a manufacturer, I'm, I'm in present global and uh, I am selling products worldwide. And on the other side of that, you have a client or a building owner or an architect 
which is also global, also struggling with the same thing. In reality, mathematically, this is exactly the same thing. They have a dictionary, they have a dictionary. When they develop any asset information, that's where these standards come in and say, on the information side, this is how we model it. So when software one and software two wants to exchange information, they have the same language. This is called harmonization standardization. So that's the purpose, so that an architect or a client owner has the same technical language. So that's kind of the core of the Cobalt platform, Cobalt Define. Or you have, an, uh, as I mentioned, in Norway, we have something called BNL. So BNL, they, they have gathered a lot of manufacturers and uh, stakeholders to create a common language. It's called data templates for construction products, like product data templates. So then they want to develop these templates and publish it for Norwegian industry, which is in Norwegian, but it's specific. So an architect or an engineer or a client or anyone can use the same language. And that is published. So that is kind of, um, there are many use cases on this, but this is kind of the, the core of, uh, of what Cobalt provides. But the enabler, I think, is actually by using those templates. Is that putting that into an architect organization, that's where you start taking the pill, actually. Because suddenly, if someone changes something, then you're dependent on a process, on, I want another property. So you can't just put it in Excel and say, boom, I'm happy. Yeah, interesting. Uh, okay, can you please tell me with your own words, what is BIM for you? I've gotten this question times so I'm uh, um, BIM for me is I have been before BIM and I will be after BIM. Um, I think BIM is a part of uh, it's a very important topic, but it's not even for many in the industry it's not a part of their business. So people don't understand that, but for some of them it's core. So I think that people are talking about BIM as building information modeling. I very often say it's like, is it better information management? Uh, but I think that it's maybe it's an enabler for better processes built. Um, so I would say it's more like an enabler, I would say. Uh, but it's it's a piece of a puzzle. And that is for, for people, for us as an industry, we believe maybe that BIM is kind of, this is where we should go, but it's a related topic. Uh, and if you look at other industries, it's uh, it's it's not never that uh, BIM is the solution. It's a part of a solution. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, how I see it, the, this uh, all you you said about the information, I see that also as a part of uh, of this process. Uh, even if it's not part of the the geometrical uh, representation of a model. So for me, this is part involved in BIM. Uh, all that information or uh, all the documentation of the objects and everything, that's part of BIM for me. What do you see as um, as biggest challenges across uh, a, part, a part of the lack of a common language? Do you see other challenges in our industry? I see a challenge of uh, uh, education. I think there's a, there's a need of ed education because... Um, why I use this pill thing is because it provides kind of a real life example of being educated. 
either you live in the bliss or you're kind of educated. So I'm not saying that people are stupid at all. I mean, we have a very, very, very good industry and we are actually building perfect buildings. I mean, there's no, I'm not, and it's really interesting to be in, the, in, in this industry. But I, I, see, I see that the knowledge side of things is kind of complex because just if I were to say, if I were to talk to, when I talk to people, I very often see that there is a, uh, there is a gap on, on, on uh, things like building regulations uh, how and, 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 and facility management data versus product documentation. Like we have, we have a, a requirements via construction product regulation that you have to declare your product to market, which is what is the fire, what is this under European rules, talking about the same things that I, as I did. But people don't know this. So when they sit and, and, and when we as an industry put these things together, it becomes quite complex. And when we suddenly are talking about the environmental impacts that we are then talking about EPD data, so environmental product declarations and data from that, which actually comes from the manufacturers. But people are looking at this from a life cycle perspective. So you have one side sending data, which should be there and the other one using it. So I think on the education side, then people are very often educated to use software, but then on the education side, then are these softwares made to solve our problems? So then, or should we develop some software that actually solves our problems? So should I buy, I, I very often get people coming to me that what software should I buy? And then trying to bend that software into solving my problems. So I think as an industry, we have, um, we have a need of coming together. And that's why I said on the platform side, uh, so I think it's very important that stakeholders come together and really develop good ways of agreeing how to exchange information. And specifically in the Nordics, we see that within in e-commerce that our standards there developed, which actually solve things, but that's only for people like manufacturers, merchants, and maybe contractors. That's it. The architects is not involved. So as an industry, I think that we have to be kind of looking at this from a holistic Point of view. So I think education is one uh, which is uh, uh, there. And the other one is uh, people changing. Before you dive talking about people, can I ask you something regarding education? Are you talking about the education in universities or the education like companies investing to educate their staff? I think, first of all, uh, just to comment on uh, people in the market, I think. I see too many board boards like uh, high-level people uh, that are uh, asking people further down in the organization to solve the digital stuff. You just solve it, and then kind of it's up to you. Just fix it. Uh, then it's actually they've lost the the knowledge from the management from the board and down because they have put it into a department. In reality, what I see is that the education part, that is actually that the board or the managers needs to understand how will this affect my business, my core business. And this is where I see that there are a lot of companies that when they, when they dive into this, that's where they have to spend time together to educate 
the managers on, in, on, on how to change the organization and, and educate people. So that I think was something within the companies. Uh, and then uh, when that is said, that, that complexity is big. The bigger you are, the bigger, the more com complex. On the other end, you have the universities. So I've been, I'm standing in front of a lot of um, students. So this is one of my passions actually to educate. I think it's very important that we as industry leaders actually spend time with people explaining issues, industry. And on that, I think that um, actually I have uh, seen a very, uh, seen a lot of good things happening. I have to say a lot of universities in Italy, in Germany, Switzerland, and, and I have a lot of these student groups coming to us and actually we're a part of programs where they come to us to talk about this information side. But I think this is very important topic. And one, one thing that I would like to say to the, to the professors is that I think as the industry is changing quite fast, how can you educate people with relevant education? I think this applies to all industries, but the construction industry is now in front of a huge change. So how can you educate people? So if you're educating them on ISO 19650, that's fine. That's just a basic framework. But in reality, what knowledge should the professors give to the students? And that is where I think the, the connection with the industry is so vital and important. So then educators and us working, you and me, us working in the market should have a closer communication with those universities that wants to drive, I would say, uh, the industry in the right uh, right direction. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they need to to keep the pace with the needed change in uh, in in our industry exactly, and with yeah, uh, to with the possibilities actually. Uh, and regarding the contact between universities and the businesses, I don't know too much about that. I don't know if it's good or bad. There are some countries that are better than others, I would say. But as an industry, I think it's, this is very important that we have, uh, and, and, and we, are in, we are trying to involve ourselves as much as possible. We can't spend too much time, but it's important responsibility for us in the industry to actually explain to the professors and to the to the students what's going on and specifically with on the digital side of things how can we use that to achieve things like the green deal how can we do it and this comes from from education how to do it and this is where the young people they are a part of the solution and then they have to be constantly updated on what's going on yes that's that's very true. What is exciting happening in our industry? Apart of the standards that you just helped to be released. I'm just saying that normally. So now I've spent time in details, which is, I think, very exciting for us is that I think that uh, we will have more use of technology in our industry, which will, I mean, basically just change the way that we work. We will have um, connectivity, we will have uh, transparency. We will have other ways of uh, selling our products to markets. Today, we sell a lot of products via merchants. So look at other industries, how, how does it work? So it's more like distribution. 
So it's more like online. Uh, when you have a design, it's more like more linked to the product level than to the generic side. You will have the generic design, of course, and, and any architect can model whatever you'd like. But in reality, when you choose your products or your systems, that's going to come much closer to you. So design to manufacturing, uh, choosing uh, building elements, things like that. It's and the business side of things. So I envision that uh, an, a contractor would know exactly for the next 18 months how many square meters of wall he's going to build in all his projects. This is data. He has already then have, have all this data available for all the manufacturers or merchants. That's it. That's just a part of it. Then the question is, if you have 3.5 million square meters of wall in a database, what is the business model? And how does that supersede? Are you going to ask an electrician to do work for you? Or are you going to buy, the, uh, buy that company? So these questions are there. So it's not answered. But when data is there, structured data, machine-readable structured data, then the model data and these data templates will allow you to get much more data in front of you. And this I see is very, very interesting. And it's, it will save governments a lot of money. It will save clients a lot of money. Architects will spend less time on designing what kind of, what kind of walls or whatever. And they will not need to model in detail what type of wall it is. It's just a line. And externally, you say it's a fire. So that's external. That's what I'm saying, external. And I think this way of working will change the industry because it will be more data-driven and we can have sustainable platforms, we could have built cities, we could link to other infra, um, to all the platforms and, and software. So it's, uh, but it's a step-by-step. -step. So I've done it since 1997. So let's take one, let's take one year at a time and um, work hard and then it gives results. Yeah. Yeah, I I think also uh, although that right now the the these years the latest years have been uh, accelerated in a way, isn't it? Do you feel the same or is yeah, this? Yeah, I think that uh, the awareness uh, in the management, I think that is uh, getting, and I I do believe I very often say this that people have to either they have to see that they will earn a lot of money, or they should be terrified. I like in nature, I want something and like I can, I can sell more, I can perform better as a human, I, I can do things better or shit, this is really bad. And then I think that we're in between the opportunity and shit. So now we're in that maybe couple of years where you have the opportunity, but you haven't got the shit yet. So I see that there will be changes like Kodak or Nokia. This will happen. But if we're not there, but this is where, I mean, Nokia, they were leading. They had the market. And, the, and many organizations will be in the same stage. So this is linked to not being transparent. I want my keep my data here. I don't, I don't want to connect. I don't work to want to work with my competitors. I want to work alone. Someone will work with the competitors and they will build better solutions. How to go to market, how to build houses more affordable. Why should they do it alone? Why should I sit alone and not work with others? And I, 
do believe that it's something with business models and technology, sustainability, all these things in a blend. But I do think that people need to come together and as, as people and uh, via culture, we need to bridge the, ga uh, the gap and build better. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Can we do something to get people people closer and to open a little bit more, especially data and how they work and everything for the the common per, uh, benefit? So we we have uh, we have made a platform in Norway where all the all the contractors are using that platform, and this is the, why we had a success was that the contractors the the the, the top managers they said, let's not fight on this one, let's work together, and this is I think that way of working as an industry, even higher up, that is where we need to go. And this is my, my, my personal, what I want to achieve is to change the industry. I want to build greener, better, faster. And then as, uh, as an entrepreneur, you always want to make money, you want to have a success, that is what everyone wants. But I, I've always said, if, if you really believe in changing the industry, making it better, going the right route, people will follow you. It's just a matter of waiting. It takes time and it's, you have to be patient. So I think that the industry needs to come together. So that's where Building Smart have done something really great and GS1 has something done something really great, but there is a missing thing here. There is something missing because we haven't close the gap between BIM VDC and the industry. And this is where I think that the information exchange and how we structure and exchange information, that's where I think that uh, we, we can contribute, but it shouldn't be us, it should be the industry itself. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's very, uh, it's difficult to go fast when you don't have involved the top leadership when they did not uh, buy into it yet. Uh, can I ask what platform are you talking about in Norway where uh, people... Uh... We, in Norway, we, we developed a platform for um, collecting uh, uh, chemicals. So we had a very bad incidents in, in Sweden and uh, Norway on hazardous chemicals on, on, on construction sites. So we developed together with the Skanska, NCC, yeah, the large contractors. We developed a platform of um, how to make sure that we tra we track uh, all the chemicals that comes in via the subcontractors. So in Norway, it's like ISO 19650. You have you have a project, then you distribute it to your value chain, and all the chemicals that are being pushed into the site are uh, are collected, and this is has uh, turned into from PDF to data. So we can say that there is a hazardous chemical or there is an environmental issue with this product. You can substitute it and, and say, I don't want to use your product. But in that way, you're saving the, the, the globe or you're making it more less hazardous on the chemical side. You're reducing the number of manufacturers that actually are selling to you because then you can control it. So it's more, you save money on that side. But the important part was that we saw that the industry then could control the data and in really drive uh, risk assessments, things that are very important for the environment because chemicals is everywhere. 
it's within product, it's within like whatever. So this was just an experience we had. And I think that that is what I think on my side, I think this is what I'm trying to do, but on a global level that we need this coming together feeling. And this is where I'm talking to a lot of very large global players to make this a reality. So uh, we have been working with IBM and we're, uh, we had a presentation for building smart on, uh, on, um, on a platform uh, that we will allow, uh, that we will talk more about in um, next year. So, uh, but again, for us, it's common language. People should have the common language. That sounds very good. I, recently, I've seen a meetup online. You had a brainstorm meeting or something to find solutions and better solutions. Uh, do you know what I'm referring to? It's been a. It's on YouTube. Ralph Montag yes, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, has yeah. been there. Yeah, but that, that, that's that's uh, that's uh, just example. People working with common data environments. So. Common data environments is very important. So the only contribution that we said is that, again, on the on the exchange of information in that world, it's very often PDF. You have a database, you have a solution interface, and then you have PDFs, and then you have the model. So we are our discussions as today has been actually on the on the asset side, but on their side, it's more than that. It's the building process itself and everything around it. So then what I said is that I think it would be good to have a common way of defining things like a document type. So when we exchange a document type of a specific type, let's call it the same and put it into a machine readable code. So all the softwares involved know what it is. So for us, it's more like introducing data governance so that common data environments, when they exchange whatever information or define anything, that we can do it in a way where people can see, okay, this is that, and this is that. And then when you build your business case, you can just use a common language or like definition uh, into this. And, and it's very exciting because as I said, the, the industry is so, there's so many things in the industry and, and there are very important topics, but I believe that standardization of uh, processes and standardization of, um, the information in that those processes is important to harmonize and we have that on on with ifc we have it so we don't have to do it we don't have to reinvent that wheel but on the on the document side do we have it no everyone is naming things and if you look at different databases if they try to exchange information it's like so then you need someone in between those two parties to say are we talking the same language so the common data environment uh, actors, they also need this common language. So that is just us trying to say that, hey, let's let's have this common language. And if we're talking about assets, then I'm I have to talk about construction product regulation, and, and I mean, not to to have a data silo and a classification all over again. Uh, yeah. Was that one time meeting, or is that something that is ongoing? We had the meeting with uh, with the, these guys. Uh, so my research team, they have uh, had last week that meeting and they're discussing because it's it's more like connecting the dots. 
So with, with, as an industry, you have to connect the dots. Why, what is COVID you're talking about? And what are you guys talking about? In reality, sometimes we're talking about the same things. They're talking about information containers and I'm talking about construction objects. Someone is talking about Lego, something are talking about IFC. We're talking about the same thing, but we don't understand it. So it's, it's, you need some time to actually, okay, so that's what you're talking about, that's what we're talking about. But this, <laughs> this language thing is very important. Yeah, that's true. Is there anything else important that you feel you missed mentioning? Ah, uh, I just try to, to be down, going down to details and going up. Uh, so there's a lot of topics that we could address, but uh, I just want uh, people, so the listeners that we spoke about, like architect, engineers, and contractors, uh, I think looking beyond the design construction stage is important to succeed because if not we will do we will redo that wheel again and again and again and this is uh, where i challenge a lot of uh, the, these actors on trying to look outside of outside of their box and very often i see that architects why should they how they name their walls or how they structure their data why should i care I don't care. I, I, I don't get paid for it. So why should I care? I deliver a drawing. I, de I deliver a good design. It's, it's, so th and that should be the focus. I mean, doing the good design, delivering a uh, nice place to, to work or to, to live. But in reality, what I think is important is to actually reach out and look at the other side of the, the coin, let's say. So that would be... Yeah. That would be more like research and uh, or, or looking outside the box, but that is very difficult because people don't have the time doing that. There is another uh, solution for that then. Uh, if if the clients would have better requirements or better defined requirements, right? So then they would have no, they cannot uh, argument with that anymore that they don't get paid for that. So that's right. So I think that that is also on the other side where you need to get the, the clients uh, to wake up the governments, and, and this is happening. I'm working with a lot of association and governments and, and client organizations, uh, but for them, this is they are used to talking to the BIM guys. So suddenly, you talk to someone which is not only related to BIM, it's like complex. So why should I? Uh, but I think this will, um, I think this will just uh, develop by itself because it's so much money saved here and it's so much sustainability and there's the scalability of this is, is, is quite enormous. Yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, regarding regions, like, uh, of course, we know that in Norway, uh, people uh, are trying to, to work together to achieve this as best as possible. Uh, are there uh, any other places like you see it's, it's a, uh, on the brink of a, a big uh, change, like happening a lot of things? I think that uh, throughout the world, we're working with the people in the US and uh, uh, we're working now on the project for a proof of concept in, in Saudi, that's a city. There are large stakeholders that is going to drive change. It's nothing to do with the Nordics, but I think that the Nordics is an in incubator. They are, they are, if you want to look to an exciting market, I think, look to Norway. 
I've have been quite. I see that a lot of other countries like UK, they've been blinded by the light, because it was mandated that you have to do this, you have to do that. That means that that is driving you instead of looking at your business processes, how you can develop your business processes. So if things is mandatory, of course it's good. It comes from top down. But what I see in the Nordics is that it's more a combination between top down and bottom up. Uh, and I think in reality, this is what we need. We need a combination. We need something from the government or our clients. And then we need to see how can I automate calculation of projects? How can I do purchasing more efficient? How can I, all these things that all the contractors and, and, and actors need uh, that is something that the industry is working on. And also see that the Nordics has much, so I'm working with Sweden, Denmark, Norway, I mean, a lot of countries, and we are trying to, to talk to each other and make it work. But I see that culture changes. So there are cultures like Germans and French, do they talk? French and UK, do they talk? So we have this kind of culture thing, but that shouldn't be the thing. We as an industry should say, no, no. Forget about that. Let's develop something together. And this is very difficult. And this is why you need to work on the EU level to solve some of these topics. Yeah, that's a very important one. Yeah, well, thank you very much for joining me and yeah. uh, spilling out so much information. I really learned a lot from this. Yeah, so it's it's a pleasure. So um, uh, in one year or two years time, you will see that uh, a lot of things has happened around this um, this topic about information. That's very good and uh, positive. Uh, like in these times we live. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah.